The dead dive. What, Captain Hollister? Everybody's dead dive. What, Todd Hunter? What, Selby? Not Chen. He's dead dive. Everybody is dead. Everybody is dead dive. Hello, welcome to Everybody is Dead Dave, the Red Dwarf review podcast where we are working our way through every single episode of Red Dwarf from two perspectives. One, mine, which is that of someone who's been watching since the 90s. I'm Phil. And two, Adam. That's me. Uh, I'm at perspective number two. I am a relatively new fan of Red Dwarf. Uh, Before this podcast started, I had not seen a single episode of this series, something that I'm rectifying now. Don't worry, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Uh, we're three se- series in, and generally, I'm having a really good time. And um, yeah, we're back with another review for you. We are indeed. But before we get to that, I should just flag up: this will have been around for weeks by the time this episode goes out because we pre-record ages in advance. <laughs> but we now have our own Twitter accounts, especially mm. for the pod. So if you want to find us on Twitter, go to at all dead. Dave Pod. You'll notice something there. Our, <laughs> our, our, our title of our podcast is Everybody's Dead Dave. But annoyingly, Twitter has a 15 character limit on, <laughs> on Twitter that. I handles. Didn't know that. I didn't know that was a thing. They it makes do. sense, I suppose. So but, yeah. therefore, I had to sort of find something that would fit. So it's all Dead Dave Pod rather than Everybody yeah. Dead Dave Pod. But we will live with that. Good Go alternative. Check us on Twitter. Good alternative. Yeah. Today we're talking about the episode Time Slides, the fifth episode of Series 3, in which uh, Crichton has been doing a bit of photography and developing in in a dark room some photos which miraculously start coming to life. The photos (laughs) are moving and then they discover (laughs) that they're not just moving, they can jump into them and time travel with them. And (laughs) hilarity ensues as people try and rewrite their pasts and create better lives for themselves uh yeah what did you what was your general thoughts of this episode well um time slides in implied that we were going to get some to coin a doctor who phrase timey wimey stuff and i'll tell you what my thoughts were as soon as the title sequence finished and uh it said uh with ad what was it with adolf hitler as himself Ton- tonight's special w- guest star adolf hitler it. as himself I was like, okay, it's going to be one of those Red Dwarf episodes. That where did take things me get back a, a bit. Crazy. I was like, yeah. oh, okay, where are they the, going it, with this? It's quite the bold thing to uh, put on your screen to start an episode with. Um, and I must admit, I mean, just to say now, I thought with that, Adolf Hitler, <laughs> sounds awful. I thought Adolf Hitler would have been featured more prominently. But um, just to get to that point now, he literally appears in it for about, 10 seconds is one of the photos that you mentioned. In that. So, so if you're watching this as well and you're thinking, oh, wow, they're going to have a whole episode without a fit. No, they don't. It's a it's a glorified. It reminds me of, of Let's Kill Hitler in Doctor Who, where he was touted to be the central character and he, he appears for about 10 seconds and gets thrown in a cupboard. But hey, that's probably all Hitler deserves, in all honesty. So fair play. Absolutely and in both Doctor play. Who and Red Dwarf, Hitler gets punched. He does, again, just as he deserves. Um, yeah, I mean, I was after being surprised by that, I was quite surprised at first we're with Lister and Cat and Cat's doing some sort of, like, board, board game golf, it seemed, which just seems like a It, it, stra- a it made me concept. think of, like, Subutio, but for golf. 
What's Sabutio? Do you know? Oh, you've never heard of Sabutio? Okay, Sabutio is a is a football game, and it's it's okay. played with these little tiny tiny miniature figures that are on uh-huh. slightly like a, a curved base. So right. you have a miniature ball, you have a miniature pitch, you have goals, you have all your team set up, and you yeah. literally flick the people to kick the ball. Oh, okay. So it's not like table football where you've got no, things on No, 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 no. You flick okay. people, you flick your characters to move them around and you flick ah. them to hit the ball and you, I, you try I and play a game of football. I've, I can't say I've ever... Is that still a thing? Or is I, that something I that's think been... it is, but I do think it had its sort of heyday in the... Probably between the 70s and the 90s. I think it came around in about okay. the 70s and it was still big. It was quite big in the 80s, I think. And then okay. by the time I sort of encountered it in the 90s, it was waning a bit, I think. It Although you could still go out, by yeah. like, like toy shops would have whole racks with, you could buy oh, every wow. single Premier League team and uh, in their own colours and their own kits and things. Um, oh, so wow. yeah, it's probably, it's probably sold now, but it's probably more of a niche thing. It's probably not as big okay. anymore. But well, there, there you go. go. There's, there's your pop culture reference. Uh, right <laughs> off the there bat, always has uh, to be something in, in there's this. There's always there? something. There, we, yeah. Yeah, there was Shaken Back that uh, I had to explain oh, God, to you the, 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 back, the one yeah. week, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah. And there's, well, I think there's another reference a bit later down the line, which we'll come to. But that opening scene, I was surprised at how, uh, for Lister, it's quite a deep moment for him to kick off with, basically saying that he's not, he's not happy with his, his life at the minute. But it's not. You know, for the most part, there's a few giggles from the audience, but I'd argue it's not, it, it's not really played for laughs. Not, not much. from Dave's point of view. No, it's kind no. of the, the laughs come from Cat's reaction to it, I suppose, and and how he he sort of brushes it off. And uh, but no, yeah, Dave is he's he's in a bit of a slump. It's a bit sad to see yeah. him like that. Poor yeah, because we're not used to. Usually, if he has those moments, it's like near the like near the end of an episode when something's happened, but to to kick it off when he's normally like say like the big bundle of energy and he's just really forlorn in this one yeah it was a bit it was a bit surprised i admire it though always good to change it up but i was just surprised by it i was like oh i wasn't expecting this and it makes sense you know he's been you know oh, with yeah. these few people on this huge ship all alone rest of humanity who knows if they even exist anymore and he's all alone and he's gonna get a bit as he says he keeps devising more and more they keep on just devising more and more ingenious ways of wasting time because you know what are they yeah. doing what, what are they doing with their lives just sitting around messing around and yeah just, you know which again is quite a when you think about it, it's like wow that is really all they're doing and then it's like god for him as you say for him not really for rimmer because he's a hologram and well cat's cat let's put it that way and Crichton's Crichton's a, like an android whereas for him you know as a human you'd think yeah I think we'd all be a bit like that after a while it's that yeah it's kind just... of the first time they've really addressed the 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 situation of being as they are yeah. on the ship from that point of view from the kind of like the the, the loneliness and the boredom that they would eventually yeah never get it's going back to the original premise or like the early episodes because i guess that i must admit there are probably some points in this series like i think like we chatted with billy last week the original premise of it being of series one two like being we're lost in space sort of thing we're the only ones here we've not got a destination series three doesn't sort of focus on that as much or at least up till this point you know as we said it's more about the individual situations like the extreme things or whatever and yeah just that whole scene for me just really hark back to what the situation is you know it's reminding us that they are just four guys on a ship 
that's just in space not going to get back to earth in you know x amount do you know what i mean it just it remind it was a nice reminder of like oh yeah this is actually the environment we're in here i guess yeah but then from a very uh depressed dave we get a very happy Crichton who is dancing around his dark room sort of uh being very enthusiastically developing these photos Mm. To the so most 80s slightly, song ever as well. Yeah, sl- slightly overplayed, slightly exaggerated in, in um, well, in his reaction to what happens, he because he yeah. develops these photos and they start moving and he's just like, like his double takes and everything there. They are very <laughs> the over eye- the top and exaggerated. <laughs> yeah, he pops his eyes out yeah, and it's yeah. all, but it kind of works. Yeah, I feel, yeah, for Crichton it works, I think. And it, it pairs well with his... I guess his per- his personality, the fact he's an android and stuff. Uh, again, like well, Lightning Star, I was surprised that him rocking out to this really eighty. Because again, it just sort of shoots out of nowhere. And I think by this point we've established that Red Dwarf can get away with it to some degree because it well, it's a comedy for one thing. And um, yeah, but I must admit when the, when the things with the photographs started happening, like since this is my first time, I don't know if you remembered instantly, but I was like, what is going on? Like, what is? What is happening here? Did you do a Crichton double take? Well, sort of. I was just, I think it was more like confusion. I was like, wait, is he, are these, I think I couldn't see if they were photos at first. I was like, are they like video? Because, you know, it's like the future. I was like, are they video slides or are they meant something to do like that? that? Yeah. And it was only when he then explained to the others later what had happened was I was like, oh, right. Okay. That's yeah. That's Talking of a sort of sitcommy hand waving of things happening and you know it's fine we don't need to explain it probably it's a sitcom it doesn't matter it can be a silly explanation just like mutated developing fluid somehow just having three million years to mutate causes it to time travel yeah not quite sure how that works but hey it's a sitcom we can let it go i can let that slide what i can't slide is we're three million years in the future and we're still using (laughs) photo negatives in film I mean, it's obviously it's the t- it's like we said. I mean, you know, CRT TVs, the full work, and even Crichton when he stops playing the music, pops a cassette out. So it's like, yeah. I guess you you have to forgive it. Really, it's like they had they had a budget. You can't you can't make everything look future. And I guess again, it's tongue in cheek, isn't it? It's like, oh, it's the future, but we still use cassettes and we still have. And it wasn't even a triangle shaped cassette. I mean, I know where was the slacking. I'm, I missed the triangle cassette. They've just given up. They're like, eh, we'll just <laughs> give him a copy of now. That's what I call music six. And we'll, no one will know. It could have been anything. I was tempted to pause the frame to see if I could read. Cause I think it was white text on a black tape, but I, I did. It. I probably, I probably wouldn't have read, been able to read it, but I'm curious as to what that tape actually said. Yeah. Yeah. On the photos thing, though, I can kind of let it slide because maybe it was a niche hobby. <laughs> you know, yeah. oh, like we you have digital how, like... photography now, but there are people that still like doing, you know, your traditional film photography. You know, yeah. you keep it as a niche mm-hmm. hobby. And, you know, we've got vinyls now coming back in. Uh, That's true, a, true. A, you know, an archaic technology that, you know, doesn't have the best sound quality, but some people like it. Some people like that. Yeah, cackly man. noise maybe it's the same with cassettes maybe there was a retro boom in cassettes in whatever year yeah, this the was appeal of the past. i have some other issues <laughs> with the year and what the stuff looks like but i'll come to that a bit later on because it, <laughs> okay. it, it affects a different bit um yeah. but they find out these photos you can as well as looking at moving images of the past you can actually step into them 
I think Lister falls into it the first one by accident, doesn't he? He does, and I must admit, the effect uh, when it was like face on of him falling, it was really well done, especially for the late 80s. It was very seamless, you know. I thought, oh, we're going to get some awkward like blue screen effect. But anytime, because they did have some side shots where you don't really see, you know, you see him basically walk off a stage um, in a studio. But the ones where it was face on every time they came in and out, I thought as an effect, they were really well done. They looked convincing. Yeah, I'd say so. And we get a few of them. We get like, they go into a skiing thing at one point, don't they? Um, They go into, and then we get the Hitler one, which is Hitler doing (laughs) a speech. And... Uh, Lister goes into it and ends up in a fist fight. We don't. It's kind of off screen. We don't see it happening, but we yeah, we see him sort, sort of, of standing next to Hitler, and then it cuts back to the re- the other rest of them in the in the um, dark room, and we hear a sort of scuffle and a punch up, and then Lister comes back with a briefcase. I quite like what they did with the briefcase. It was kind of sending up, you know, just making Hitler look ridiculous by the stuff he had in his briefcase you know he had a banana and crisp sandwich he had a he had some kinky handcuffs you know making him (laughs) sort of taking the mick out of him by sort of demeaning him a bit there i quite like that because it's hitler you can demean hitler all you want that's fine i wouldn't say that about many people but hitler's okay again he's he's earned it he's earned it fully percent but no, um, yeah, it was again. It was a neat effect again for the time. Like inserting uh, Dave into there was fa- fairly fairly convincing, and um, yeah, as like like we were saying, they sort of realised from that that they <laughs> they've got developer fluid that essentially is a time machine, and um, yeah, and then obviously like most people do, they discuss the whole what or oh, what can we do. And I must admit, one of the funniest lines, and it might be a contender, I'll decide by the end if it is my favourite funniest line, is when, <laughs> when Crichton uh, makes the JFK joke. Because uh, um, yes. again, I wasn't expecting it, especially from Crichton. And he, even he acknowledges that, saying, oh, but I must have dodged my bad taste or, or good cha- taste chip. Because what is it? He says, we could go to Dallas in November 1963, stand on the grassy knoll and shout, duck. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I must have bypassed my good taste chip. He just says it so like innocently and so like happily. It just, I don't know, it just really tickled me. Um, I'm, so that, I'm that not might sure. Be a contender. All I will say here is, and I'm not sure it's the right word exactly, but foreshadowing. Uh, it's not quite oh. foreshadowing because I don't think they had anything planned at this point. But just. Okay. At one, some point in the future of watching of our watch through, uh, this will uh, cu- this topic will come back. <laughs> oh right, okay. Mysterious it's one of those red dwarf in... foreshadowings, eh? Kind of ha- half. I mean, it's more of a just like referencing the same event, but yeah, there will there will be more Dallas nineteen sixty three stuff in a future episode. Oh, there you go. That's exciting. Um, I also, just to backtrack slightly, I've just remembered another funny line I had was when um, I think we see, is it when we, I think when we first see the World War Two clip and uh, <laughs> I think it's Rimmer who says, oh, that look, it's the runners up of World War Two. And I don't know why. Again, that just, that just really tickled me. A little yeah. Bit. Although um, <laughs> Rimmer, going back to the, the Hitler stuff. Like, slightly disturbing that Rimmer is a subscriber to Fascist Dictator Monthly. Yeah, that, yeah, that was, um... Yeah, as you <laughs> do. As, as you do. You know, I, I know they sort of play it off as a, 
It's just a tongue-in-cheek joke, I guess. But yeah, I guess it, it does make your ears prick up a bit and go, wait, what? Like, <laughs> I mean, Rim is, all, Rim is a, uh, always a little bit of a git, but he here, yeah. I mean, th- th- are we to imply he's... that he admires these fascist dictators? I don't know. Oh, I'd like to hope not. Well, he's not. he wasn't as bad this time as he was last week. I mean, we discussed that at length, but Rimmer was not a nice character, full stop, last week with the whole body swapping. I mean, I, I'm, no, a lot true. of you might have heard it. If you haven't, go and listen to it, but yeah. I think, like we said, Rimmer is is sort of that bit of a git in general, but to the degree where you can still sort of laugh with him and sympathise with him. Whereas, like, I could again in this episode, but yeah, back in that last one, that was a, for me, that was a staunch no-go, that was. So, yeah, I'm glad that wasn't a persistent thing at the moment, anyway. I'm glad he was just sort of back to the general level of uh, Rimmer (laughs) gitness, if you like. And because Dave is in this funk, he's, he's, he's not a happy happy boy at the moment he's decides that he's going to use this to change his past he's going to find a photograph of his past he's going to go back and convince himself not to join the space corps and actually there there was something set up earlier where rimmer talks about his friend from school having vented this stress was it called tent uh tension Uh, something tension sheet tension tension sheet which is basically it's bubble wrap uh but painted red (laughs) with tension sheet written on it and uh, his Rimmer's school, not friend, school colleague, fellow pupil at school, um, <laughs> had become a multimillionaire off this idea. And Indeed. so Lister has the idea to go back in time and tell a, a younger version of himself to invent this and instead mm-hmm. become a millionaire, multimillionaire. So they go back to a place to when he was in the in a band playing in a pub. They have a photo of him playing in a pub as a, as a young guy to a pub and a just general surroundings. And this is what I was going to come back to, to look very 1970s. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the whole women to be in the aesthetic. future uh, and <laughs> everything looks like it's from the 1970s, which I'm guessing they were going, OK, that's when Craig Charles would have been that age. But yeah. why does Earth in the future <laughs> when they've got space mining cores uh, uh still look like the 1970s well you know they say everything comes back around i, sp- I so suppose often. it might be one of those so... another retro things like the photographs or you know having cassettes maybe yeah and i mean what does he say about his fashion he called it like sham glam and obviously in the 70s you had glam rock glam and rock. stuff and yeah so may- i think you're right i think obviously they knew with like you know budgets maybe they were like realistically we can't do a futuristic yet past maybe you know maybe to the full extent they wanted so it's like as you say maybe it was that thing of okay we'll go something that looks like the 1970s we won't make too big of a fuss on it but we'll get uh, we'll get lister to say the odd thing that sounds 70s but it's slightly different like sham glam and all that sort of stuff and um yeah it was a, it was cool to see a young uh, <laughs> a young Lister in about was it Sm- Smeg and the Heads because of Smeg course and the Heads yeah Smeg and the Heads with Om which was a <laughs> again very early seventies like hip- the hippie flower power meditation Om sort of thing which I think like as you say that's basically what they're parodying isn't it it's that very seventies vibe of make make love not war sort of vibe and everyone's chilled out and probably smoking a bit too much which they don't delve into but um. I don't know if you noticed this. When we first hear young Lister talk when he's addressing the crowd, I couldn't really hear the the scouse. 
And I oh. wrote in my notes, I was like, is it Scouse? But then as soon as he starts talking to Old Alistair and the others, you, you hear the Scouse in it. But yeah, just he's addressing the crowd. I don't know. I, I just, either I missed it or, or it I didn't been, like, notice toned that. down. No, okay. maybe, I mean, you know, singers have stage yeah, voices. Stage so. voices, yeah, maybe, maybe. But yeah. Maybe it's that, possibly. I did, I, I yeah, I, the, <laughs> it was quite amusing seeing Lister talk to his younger self and, you know, tell him how crap his music is. <laughs> yeah, I, I just love how I wrote in my notes that he just accepts them being there. You know, there's there's not the whole, oh my God, you're you're an older version of me. He's just like, yeah, I'm, okay. You know, he rumors like, this is, this is, sorry, Lister's like, this is uh, Rimmer, Crichton and Cat, and I'm an older version of you. And Young Lister's like, all right, okay. But realistically, we say it on this show sometimes, but I think that is what young Dave Lister would do. He, I don't think he'd be too fussed at meeting his, probably his wouldn't. future self. Yeah, he'd probably um, just shrug he just it off. He seems pretty oh, yeah. relaxed about the whole thing. And let's face it, they probably really did it because of, you know, we've only got a 20-minute episode here. we got to keep we the We don't have moving. time to start we explaining the time-space continuum. Just, yeah, let's just crack on. Yeah, they don't really do that, do they? Which is, because way back in series one with future Echoes, I think we commented how they took the time to sort of explain the concept of what a future Echo was. Whereas there's something, I know it's time travel and most people sort of, I guess if you like sci-fi, you have a rough understanding of like the rules, even though they change in every you know, thing it's in. But you know, people, I guess, have a more general understanding. So maybe they thought, oh, we don't need to do the whole oh my god it's an old you're an old do you know what i mean maybe they felt they didn't need to do that but yeah i I yeah i still think it was partly the the time limit and they wanted to they wanted to keep on rolling yeah i know you said about the the accent initially i don't know if that was a deliberate choice or not but i think other than possibly other than that i didn't notice it myself but other than that That um the guy that played young lister i think his name Mm. is simon gaffney i looked it up um he he did a good job. He was, uh, I thought he had a, he, he felt like he could absolutely could be a younger Craig Charles. Oh yeah, absolutely. He got the, he got the vibe down perfectly. That sort of more when he was like taught, like when they're arguing and that they're like nose to nose, it's like, yeah, you, you can tell this is the same person at just two different stages in his life. What did you think of the argument that they were having? And the kind of like, it was kind of like a battle of idealism versus practicality because he got older lister trying to convince him to be you know go for the money and he's all like i don't i don't want money you're a crypto fascist is the word he kept on using which echoes the whole like thing i mean crypto's becoming a big thing these days you know all that sort and some people are uh shy to it i suppose but yeah i i thought it was in a way a nice parallel of you know people say you know how people say, oh, if I could meet my younger self and tell him X, Y, Z, then I'd do it. It was basically that lived out. You know, I think we realistically, you know, as adults, I think we've all got things that we think, oh, if we if we could go back and see our younger selves, we would tell them this, that and the other. Um, whether, like you say, whether it's in this case about chasing money or making a different decision about something, you know, if we have any regrets. So I just felt it was basically... They didn't dwell on it too much, you know. You had that little heat, bit of nose to nose, and then the, it it was all diffused and over. But yeah, I like that parallel because you know Lister is often perceived to be you know the bumbling guy of the of the leads. He sort of bumbles around. He hasn't really got a name. He just does what he wants, and it, it's touched upon how he likes money. But this is probably one of the most like serious episodes we've seen him. Uh, sorry, an episode where we've seen him be like the most serious. 
Yeah. Um, like you got the bit at the beginning where he's serious about being down about life. And then when he's talking to his younger self, he's not, you know, he's not trying to get the laugh. He's like, he's like, no, you need, you need to do this. Yeah, because so he is usually the young Imran, because he's not that old. He's not like he's no, old. No, he's, not at all. Craig Charles, when was this, 1989 was this one? Or was this Yeah, he must yeah. have been, He, what, he like was in his 20s? mid-twenties. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like not he was old. old. <laughs> and and this younger version of him is meant to be like a, like maybe 17 or something. Yeah, so 18, not, not that like. old at all. Yeah, there's not no. even that much of a difference between them. No. No, yeah, but yeah, I just like that. Did you enjoy the confrontation or? Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I don't know, like, if it was trying to say anything or not. It seemed like it. They were painting, they were painting him as a very the younger him as a very sort of stereotypical uh, caricature of of like the idealist, the young idealist who wants to fight against the the sort of. Uh, the machine and, and things. It's a piece of crypto-fascist bourgeois crap. It'll make you a multi-multi-multi-millionaire. But I'm not into dosh. I hate money. I loathe possessions. It's just so... so crypto-fascist. <laughs> just stop saying everything's crypto-fascist. Make me sound like I was a complete git. Where? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if that was a bit too much of a caricature, but, you know, it's a comedy. You kind of expect caricatures in comedy a little oh. bit. Yeah, here and it there. It was all right. Yeah, that was quite good. Um, uh, but the, so so evidently he manages to convince him because they come back and then they Lister, Cat, and Crichton all disappear. They do. He succeeds um, because of yes. course if if Dave never joined the crew, he never would have brought Frankenstein the cat on. So the whole cat mm-hmm. race would have never been created. And as nope. a team, they never would have found Crichton. So he's just left with Rimmer by himself. I'm not sure why Rimmer's still there, considering he's a, he was only turned on as a hologram to keep Dave company. But who who was it who turned him on as a hologram though? Was that I can't was that Dave or was that Holly who? No, did that was that? Holly. But, oh, okay. So I suppose Holly could have still done it anyway. But the reason yeah. Holly did it was because to keep Dave company. I'm not sure why Holly Holly had That's been true. like having three million years by himself anyway at that point why would they yeah. suddenly turn on yeah i think i think that they just had to write that one off it's yeah. like well rimmer's just got to stick around for some reason but um yeah there's a yeah. lot of logical holes in this episode i mean but when you're trying to tell a time travel story in like 23 minutes i mean you're gonna have to cut corners somewhere you know it's it's not gonna be an easy ride but um no yeah and uh rimmer's well not happy about this and um he's like right i'm gonna I'm going to solve it. Um, we get a bit of Red Dwarf on location. Always love a bit of Red Dwarf on location. Yeah. From the ship we also eight. get a cameo by one Ruby Wax. As, oh, aye. Um Do you know who Ruby Wax is? The name rings the faintest bell, but I couldn't. I, she's she's no, like not... a TV personality who was around sort of at the time quite prominently. She's less so oh, now. Oh, does she but... play the newsreader? And welcome to the lifestyles of the disgustingly rich and famous. Tonight we'll be looking at the world's youngest billionaire, Mr. Dave Tension Sheet Lister. Yeah, she's the newsreader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so she's the the uh, the the. Well, how does uh, she's an actress apparently, an actress, comedian, writer, mental health campaigner, and lecturer, according to Wikipedia. Uh, oh, very good. She's no, she's got an OBE as well. Oh, wonderful! Nice seeing a cameo from her, anyway. Which interestingly, I found out on the 
IMDb trivia section for this episode. That part was originally going to go to um, Graham Chapman, the Monty Python guy. Oh, no um, way. But What's unfortunately, that? he passed away just before oh. they were going to film. So I was going to say he did pass around that sort of time yeah that's yeah such a shame. so that that would have been that would have been his role had had he not passed away yeah no that is a shame um when i one thing i just wanted to raise is when rimmer arrives i'm assuming he's done it via uh well he has done it via the photo but what what photo did he oh no is it or did he just go through the tv screen but the tv when, when but we... again what tv where, where they weren't filming in the dining room so how did he appear in there there yeah, was no camera yeah, no I, filming i had yeah. that note as well i was like how how was he again it's another one of those logical things you just kind of have to let go but you just it go, did, yeah you just that one it. probably bugged me the most because i was like there's, yeah. there's no there's no photo there for him to have yeah. gotten to that location from he literally does just appear uh in uh lister's new life as a you know billionaire he's got 58 houses or whatever and he's got a, he's got a giant a naked statue of himself statue, being <laughs> which which looked all right but i could i was sort of like i can tell it's sort of been added in but of course they weren't going to build i'm not saying they should have built it for real but uh i no, think for, a, for the time it looked quite good actually i yeah, thought it yeah, was equivalent for 1989 yeah i'm not sure if it was cgi or if it was um probably not um, cgi was it it was probably mm, more sort of composite screen, yeah. thing but it, it looked quite good i mean it was i would say it was just as good as stuff we were getting like five years later in the mid 90s mm. so yeah absolutely yeah no it was it wasn't terrible by any means uh and then obviously the the dining room and he's got this uh like this really attractive girlfriend that he has or wife or i can't remember if did he say he was married or were they just together he, he calls her his bird so yeah, that could right. who knows that could be that that could be anything i guess yeah i um, think they must just be dating because she mentions having like something about her dad not being happy about them being together oh yeah like and he's yeah, only just yeah, found yeah. out so i yes, think they must just true. be dating yeah just a, a new thing and then when rimmer arrives uh, he attempts to save him and i must admit and i don't know what and this people who've been listening for a while are gonna be like oh there it is adam but I say this, I've said this on the occasion, but the whole gag of Rimmer trying to save him, you know, going on about who's the rich man here, it did just go on a bit too long for me, oh, Phil. I'm sorry. Okay. It just, I was, I was here for it. The initial bit and the, the, but it was one of the, and as I've said before, for those listening, I might just have a shorter attention span. Maybe I prefer quicker comedy, but, um. Yeah, I don't know. It just by the end of it, you know, the, when you have the punchline where he's like, "Oh, it's you know, it's you, isn't it?" and all that sort of stuff. I, it didn't make me laugh really because I was like, the the potential for me laughing is gone now. I don't know. What did you think? I liked it. It was actually I've, ha- I've actually got it as a contender. Not I don't think oh. it wins, but as a contender for one of my funniest moments. Yeah. So yeah, okay. no, I really liked that uh, that bit. I thought again, it mainly due to Chris Barry's delivery of it. He, I thought it. I didn't think it went on too long, and I thought his okay. timing and pacing of it was perfect, just to get hit that point where he goes, "No, oh no, it's it's you, isn't it?" Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's good. I don't know. Maybe it's probably just me. I think maybe I don't like long comedy. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> like, like, you know, everybody has stuff, their different yeah. taste, and they. Yeah. You, Clearly, I mean, I, I've agreed with you 
especially in that first season, I think, first series, there was quite a lot that did go on too long and for not very yeah. good punchlines. I think it, possibly it softens it better when the punch when I think the punchline is actually good. I'm wi- willing to be more forgiving of... Yeah, of, I of think the worst the, one so far to memory, together. I can't... I can't remember what episode, but the it, the punchline was something to do about the souls of your shoe because they were on about souls and it was a shoe. And I was like, yeah, that that's that's not that's not a funny joke. Um, and this one's not nowhere near as bad as I say. I like the setup, but yeah, just for me, it went on a bit too long. But um, his uh, his efforts, by all accounts, have uh, failed to get a uh, lister back. So he he decides to change his own past by inventing the tension sheet first by stealing it from. Thicky or whatever his uh, chum's name was, um, yeah. So we go, we go to a young Rimmer in the in. Where is he at again? Is it school boarding? Uh, school? Some boarding school or ever, I think. Yeah, and um, he tries to, and he sleeps with boxing gloves. I'm sure is that to for self protection? Does he get? I beaten think up so. I think he gets beaten up quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, you can you can tell. So it sounds awful to say, but. Well, it, it, interestingly, at the beginning of the episode, he mentions having, oh, we always used to beat up Thicky so-and-so. But I wonder yeah. if he was projecting that and, like, it was actually what it they did to him. him. And that's what? why he has the gloves and everything. Because Thicky, whatever it is, whatever his name is, that was sort of next in the bed next to him. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't in any sort of didn't look like they were scared of somebody randomly being no, there and waking no. them up so well he does he does that a lot like i mean the you know the episodes where he's like oh yeah me and the family or me and the boys used to do this it turns out it was actually me they did it to yeah so you're right maybe it was a a projection but um yeah so he tries to pass the wisdom on to his younger self but thicky is right there and, and yeah. i must admit like Go on, sorry, you. Go, you uh, well, go. It's, it's, it, this is a bootstrap paradox thing, isn't it? It turns out that like he is the one that always gave Thicky the idea in the first yep. place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that wonderful paradoxy stuff. But in terms of like the the joke aspect, what did you think of it? Because I think as soon as we saw that it was Thicky next to him and Thicky woke up, my mind instantly pieced. You know, for the ending, it was like, oh, okay, so you know he's gonna Thicky's heard it, so he's gonna made it all along. You know, piece by piece. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Not a bad thing at all. But as soon as I saw Thicky wake up and listen, yeah, I was like, I got okay, that. the yeah. ending's become very clear cut now. Most of it, yeah. Yeah. There were there was oh. still some surprises, I think. At least. Oh, uh, uh, well, yes. Well, well one main yeah. surprise, because he gets there back and he, he finds out, no, he's expecting to sort of just disappear as the timeline resets itself. The others reappear He's and, and he doesn't disappear. And it turns out that, he just gave Thicky the idea in the first place. So time is back to normal or so they think. It is. But, and how how quickly did you notice this? Did you, did you, did it take you till Holly straight, said it straight away? No, straight away. Yeah. I don't know. My eyes must have, I think I'm so used to seeing him with the H on his head. The minute it was now, I was like, whoa, there's no H there. And I wrote in my notes, I'm looking at it, it says his H is gone, dot, dot, dot. And I thought at first, I because they didn't address it at, at first. And I was like, are we, was that just, did someone just forget? Like, you know, I thought, is that a, is it a continuity error? But then as you were about to say, I think Holly says, oh, your H is gone. Yeah, you're not a hologram anymore. So we had rewritten. And I I read an interesting theory about this when I was looking it up afterwards, after I'd seen it, that, um, that he did change history by appearing to himself. And the theory goes that it made him less 
likely to be scared of seeing his future self or distrustful of seeing his future self. So back in the episode Stasis League, when oh the events my. of that <laughs> happen and he yeah. sees his future self, he actually listens and goes into stasis and therefore yes. survives along with Dave. Ah, uh, right. That's that's obviously just a fan theory, but that's one I quite uh, like. No, it's, that's, that's good. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me with how how thin the continuity links in this show can be sewn together. Uh, now, of, cor- cool of course, theory. in this new timeline, he's been alive this whole time. All, all so, the time, like, yeah. That is, it, in a way, it's a great sort of continuity reset for the um, for the show because now they don't have to worry about anything that came before yeah. because they can just wave it away with a bit of plot. It's, you know, oh, that was the old timeline. This is the new one. This is it's the new fine. one. This yeah. is what happened in this new one. Um but you know we're we're very exciting. We're gonna we're obviously now gonna get a real live Rimmer for the rest yep. of the series. Yeah, that's I that's what's that that's obviously what's about, gonna happen. I thought that too for about five seconds. So. Uh, oh yeah, then he gets blown up. <laughs> and <laughs> I must admit, I love the way he just goes <laughs> slams two boxes and they just explode in the most like overly dramatic fashion in the world and of course all the others just do is go like eh, what was what was he on about you know it's just it's so exaggerated and it's so i think that's why i love it so much it's so exaggerated you know the explosion is so loud and massive for no real reason you know it doesn't show you what he hit what was in the boxes yeah just i mean explode. how random that there was an explosion yeah. there he that like <laughs> There we go. I, course, I, I loved it though. It's Rimmer's like, luck. Of course, he's not gonna stay alive. I was like, <laughs> like for the first five seconds when he realized, I was like, oh my god, live Rimmer. And then I was like, no, Adam, like you've you've watched nearly three series of this show by now. Some something's gonna happen. We, like, were you just gonna assume because you know this show has done this to this in the past? It could have easily just been that the episode ended with him alive and started the next episode with him a hologram yep. again and just never and, explained yep. it because sometimes yep. Red Dwarf does that. And I think that's what made the last moments of this even more funny because I was thinking, oh, you know, next episode it'll be a hologram again. So the fact that it got resolved about 10 seconds after he became alive was so unexpected. Oh, I just loved it. I love the ending. Uh, I know sometimes I complain about how sort of like stop endy the Red Dwarf episodes can be, but I thought this was one where it worked perfectly. Do you know, like that sort of rep? Yeah, he's alive. Now he's dead. Cool. Done. Move on brilliant and yeah last thing i want to say really before we get into the usual segments we do is that just before holly reveals that his h is gone i don't know if you noticed that there's a a violin only arrangement of part of the red door theme that plays when rimmer's like you know why does it never go well for me you know when he's sort of lamenting um yeah just a very slow sad violin of the theme tune i was like i quite like that i was like that's yeah, no i didn't notice that yeah it reminded me of the, well, the original opening from series one and two, but just, it's just violin. Uh, but it, yeah, no, it's a, I liked it. I was like, that's a nice touch. I was like, that's cool. I like Nice. It. So yeah. do you, what was your favorite funniest moments in the, uh... well, uh, I was thinking about it from when I said it and it might reflect on me, but you know, I, I enjoy a bit of the ye old dark humor here and there. Uh, and I think I'm going to give it to the JFK line from Crichton, just just because, again, of how by surprise it took me and how Robert Llewellyn plays it off with sort of that happy-go-lucky 
innocent. It almost reminded me, I know I've made comparisons to this other character before, but it's almost like if C-3PO told that joke. Like, it, it was sort of in that vein, you know, just a really innocent android saying something with a big smile on his face that's actually quite dark. Um, so, yeah, that was my funniest line, I think, for me. Close second would have to be the ending, which we just talked about, for how yeah. <laughs> for how random that was. But I'll give it to Crichton this time. I I see, I, I had a few, and I was trying to decide between them. Like I said, the what you thought was too long drawn out, oh, it's you're the richest man, aren't you? Thing was came close but i'm gonna go with a bit more of a uh one from earlier where he they're talking about rich before rimmer goes back to to try and change things again yeah 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 and he's talking to holly and getting the information about what dave's life is like and he died tragically in a plane crash aged 98 98 his own fault apparently he was making love to his 14th wife and lost control of the plane <laughs> Have you got any photographs? Well, not of that, no. <laughs> but yeah, that bit there just sort of tickled me that I'd be laughing out loud. I, I just like that. And uh, Holly's delivery here was good. Holly, now in this these last two episodes, has started to come into her own as the female version of Holly here as well. As well. Yeah. So that's, that's really good as well. It's good to see her sort of playing to her strengths rather than scripts that are obviously written for Norman Lovett. So that's Absolutely. good. I mean, I realised I hadn't said something that I meant to say at the start as well. When they're playing golf, I'm, I'm backtracking massively now, but no, it's okay. Kat is wearing a top with the Red Dwarf logo on. And that just struck me yes. as odd because that it does not seem like a very fashion conscious thing that Kat would do. I mean, yeah. the, the checker, the sort of tartan hat and stuff, fine. That's kind of the quirky stuff. But I just I can't see him willing to be wearing a Red Dwarf logo. Yeah, no, I, I I thought this unless it was like you know a spacesuit when they're out in space that they yeah. have to wear. But yeah, no, I, I I get that as well. It's like oh, why is he, why is he wearing that? Are all his suits in the the dry cleaners or so? But yeah, I get I get what you mean. It's yeah. it's not a very it's not a very cat choice. Do you have a favorite character? I'm gonna give it to Dave um, okay. because uh, as I said, like you, you really saw, I think a more morose side of his character this time. You know, like we said, there's a lot of moments where he's not going for comedy, uh, both the actor and the character. You know, it's not written as comedy. It's the, I guess, sort of how he plays, how he's not happy with life, how he interacts with his younger self. I just, um, yeah, I, I think it shows, you know, that Craig Charles can do that sort of stuff. I mean, he's done it before, but it's often been very fleeting, you know, like a moment or half a scene or something. But yeah, I think... Do you know what I mean? It just really shows that he can do, even in a comedy, he can do all the facets of, like, the positive and negative of a character. And um, it's nice to see that from Dave as well, because as much as I love him being, like, a goofball and, like, messing around and stuff, I do like it when comedic characters in comedies do let you see that other side as well. So, um, yeah. yeah, for all that included, I'm going to give it to... I'm going to give it to good old Dave Lister this time. I had you? exactly the same Dave. Um, he, mm, for for yeah. the exact same reasons. He just had such a good variety in this episode. Uh, a good wealth of different stuff to do. Um, yeah. Different sides of his character to show off from, from mm. like you say, the Murray stuff. And then, and then how, how he dealt with his younger self as well was very interesting. Cause that was still, pl- that was playing to the comedy but it was just different. It was him seeing his own frustration with himself was really yeah. good as well. 
Um, and then and then you've got, a, again, a completely different sort of take on his character when he's the rich rock star, yeah, exactly, like yeah. millionaire person uh, as well. Uh, yeah, that so you know many different sides to his character that we saw in this so yeah some good work from craig charles in this one hmm. what about score how many scutters out of 10 would you give this episode Ooh. Uh, well certainly a lot more than we did last week <laughs> yes last way. week was our lowest rated episode so far yes it was uh much higher. i'd give this eight solid eight um yeah, most of the comedy landed. I know I mentioned the one bit in the mansion that went on a bit too long, but most of the comedy landed for me, particularly the darker bits. Um, I thought all the actors were on top. Well, I've already mentioned about Craig Charles, but all the others were as well for what for when they were in it. Um, yeah, and a really cool concept. And even though I said, oh, you know, it's time travel in 25 minutes or whatever, it, it gets across its message pretty well. And I think as long as you have like a base understanding of time like time travel and some of the bait you know the rules and like you say the paradoxes then i think it's a great little slice of it so yeah def solid eight for me what about yourself i had i had written down and i hadn't decided which one i was going for 7.5 slash 8 that's what i've put Ooh. and i yeah i think i will give it eight yeah okay. yeah there was a good yeah. yeah everybody i mean there wasn't a bad performance in this everyone had moments to shine i think you know, Crichton yeah. had his yeah. his stuff in the dark room which was very funny holly as i said had her lines that she that now she's coming into her own even the cat felt like he had a presence in this much more than he has done in previous certainly oh, this God, series yeah. just generally he's definitely becoming more he's of a character a lot more, yeah so yeah. there was nobody in this that i felt oh you're being wasted so yeah i yeah I think I'll give it an eight as well. Solid, man. That's Excellent. good. See, we'll, see, folks, we're back to normal. No more low scores at the minute. We are almost at the end of series three now. Oh, this man. has flown by. It has. <laughs> I hope you're Frankie. enjoying it at home. Uh, if, you, yeah. if you're just randomly tuning into this one episode because you really like time slides and you found this review. We've got a whole, we've re reviewed everything up to this point as well. And we will yeah, be man. reviewing everything afterwards as well. So do, you know, check out that back catalogue. Mm, go for it. Yeah. It's, as you say, mad that we've come this far, but yeah, definitely check out everything before. Join us on the, on the journeys, especially if you're like me first time, highly recommended that you uh, join us on this journey and yeah, series four soon, but we've got one more. We've got one more. We've one got more. The, Indeed. Series three finale coming up. Yes. Um, and whereabouts can people, what are you up to on, on the internet and elsewhere? What are you doing? On doing the with your life, Adam. What am I doing with my life? Well, uh, well, by the time this comes out, I'll have done this for a while, but at the time we're recording, I've, uh, I've got a new, I've got a new job, new part-time job, which is in the drama acting sphere, which is what I train in. So that's, you know, great, great to be working in that sphere again. But I'm still making content for YouTube, um, so you can check out my channel, Adam Martin, with a Y. Uh, I make stuff on uh, mainly Doctor Who, but also other stuff. Now that's what I call music, classic TV, presentation, idents. There'll be something there for you, I'm sure. Check us out there. Drop us a subscribe if you like. I'm also on Twitter. Uh, again, this, well, by the time this is out, it's, <laughs> it's been that way for a while. But um, it used to be Adam Martin Actor. It's now Adam Martin AMTV, just to line in more with, you know, uh, YouTube, but generally people have said if you type in Adam Martin, I, I tend to pop up somewhere. So yeah, give me a follow on there. But um, what about you, Phil? Where can where can the good people find you, and what are you up to? Well, as uh, I've got my YouTube channel, which as well as hosting the 
I say video version of this podcast. It's not really video. It's it's <laughs> it's the audio with a couple of cartoons of a still image cartoons of us and a squiggly line that goes up and down. Uh, but if you like that, if you want to see something moving on the screen and see some great uh, arts by Sophie Isles, a representation of us and the Red Dwarf ships, then go and look at that. And uh, I also on there do Doctor Who videos, much like Adam, and uh, and a whole host of other pop culture stuff as well. MCU. I'm I'm trying to re- review all of the MCU Disney Plus TV shows as and when they come out. At the time of recording, we've already had WandaVision and Loki in the Winter and Loki and and that's the next one. Uh, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki is starting yeah. soon, so I'll be reviewing all of those. But that will probably already be. I was going to say it'll probably be out this by comes the time. Out. Yeah, because <laughs> we record these five or six weeks in advance. So yeah, we're professional. Go. We're prepared. So. You can also find me on Twitter. <laughs> I keep saying I keep on meaning to change this. Uh, maybe I will one day. Maybe I will have done by the time this episode comes out. In which case, this is yeah. pointless. But um, my Twitter currently is at i u d e x underscore phil with one nice. L. One one L only one. One L. I'm Phil with one L. You are Martin phil with, with a Y. With a Y. Yeah. The perils of having names like these. Eh? So. Excellent. Well, thank you for listening, everybody, and mm. we will see you again hopefully next week. Hi, see you later. Bye.